Welcome everyone to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Two Tongues Podcast. Buongiorno. So I have to say, every time I hear that, I, I sing the Fugees in my head. And I say that sometimes when I, when I open up the podcast because it pops in my head. Uh, when, Killing them softly? When he, when, she sa- when he says, ready or not. Oh. <laughs> ready or not. Okay, not, here not I killing I them softly. Okay, yeah, that, that, yeah, that pops in my head every, almost every time. Fugees, man. They were, yes. they were good. Well... Uh, today's a special day. Today we have a, a guest on the Two Tongues podcast, our buddy Eddie, who we've talked about from time to time. We spent the last 20 minutes trying to get um, Matt to join, who's also been on the podcast before, uh, but we're having some Zoom issues. So uh, so it's Kyle, Chris, and Eddie today. Welcome, Eddie. Welcome. Hey, what's up? <laughs> the enthusiasm. So... <laughs> oh, well, one of the reasons that, one of the reasons I wanted to have Eddie on is because, um, well, we so we are Kyle and my history crosses paths with Eddie's at various points growing up. Uh, Eddie lived right down the street from us and uh, uh, is good friends with Matt, who's good friends with us. And um, uh, you know, Kyle and I have lived out out of uh, you know in a different city, so um, there's been time and distance between us uh significant and we've all done some we've all done some growing up and so i was curious about i was curious about what was going on in your world man what how things were going for you uh before the podcast started we were talking about uh you know finishing college and not using your degree and it's just all kinds of shit that i've been curious about and um just haven't you know i don't know guys are weird man I, i i would find it weird to pick up the phone and call eddie and say Eddie, what's up, dude? You haven't heard me. You haven't heard my voice in ages. I'm calling you out of the clear blue. What's going on? So this ended up this ended up being a, a good idea. We we figured we could catch up. And um, another thing, another thing is, uh, whenever you come up on the podcast, it's oh, it's usually when Matt's on the podcast and we're talking about we're reminiscing about you know the the old days. And one of the things that I say is that, um, I oh I got a. How do I put this? How do I put this in, the, in not a not a gay way? I got a great deal of um, be hard for you admiration for the way for the for the way that you conducted yourself for the way that you've lived your life, and uh, you know maybe that's not entirely fair because I don't I don't know you as well as you know Matt does. I don't know you as well as I'd like to, but there's just been things that I've seen uh, you overcome in your life that. Uh, I don't know, man. It makes me want to sing your praises. So I, I say that stuff to Matt sometimes, and I thought, say it to Eddie, man. Tell him. So at some point today, I'm going to blow some sunshine up your ass, sir. That's fine. I will. I will. I will take it. 
I don't know. It's uh, I'll say that the few things you have said, um, you got me to tear up at one point. Oh. Like, I don't know. Every now and then you just, when you know you work real hard, um, it, it's good to have those pats on the back. So Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it, it felt good to hear. And I thank you for that. <laughs> that that's awesome man that that's great to hear um so we, we can we can let the audience in on some of this as and stop speaking uh abstractly but um uh but you know what man it's like go ahead hey guys oh matthew's oh, hey. joining the call <laughs> hey buddy hey, hey hey i just worked really hard to get uh this uh, this app working, so I want to pat on the back. Good for you, dude. Yeah, well, absolutely. Digger and shit out. So I, I mentioned we had some Zoom issues, but Matt, what ended up solving the problem? Did you have to go into the settings? When I click on that goddamn Speak Now button, it brings up Wi-Fi or something else. Oh, I didn't know I could yeah. click on that little option when it popped up, and I was like, oh, let me click on it, and then I did, and now fucking like a wizard, here I am. <laughs> 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 uh, all right, well. Harry. What did I miss? Were we just talking about how awesome that is? Yeah, I, I was. Agree. I was starting to. I was starting to. So, um, look, look, man, I, I like. I, I told Eddie like I wanted this to be natural, but then, I, and I also said that I felt like I was gonna have a lot of shit that I'm gonna that I want to say that I was gonna dominate the conversation and I was gonna try not to. But basically, what, what I was saying was that, like, you know, like Eddie doesn't have a, a lot of family. Eddie, does your mom still live out, way out of state? Oh yeah, dude. She's hop from state to state. I think now she's in Georgia and that's probably where she'll stay. Okay. Because um my grandmother's down there and slowly some of the family have kind of congregated around her. Yeah. So yeah, I think she she'll stay in Georgia. I think she's retired now. I mean to be perfectly honest, I don't talk to her as often as I probably should, but that's with reason. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, but well, that's kind but of my. Yeah, it's just uh, when it comes to immediate family, it's just it's me. Exactly. In that... Ohio, my sister's in Florida. My brother's in me. Georgia. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got Matt. Always, <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> no, but that that's exactly my point, man. It's like you're you don't you don't have a lot of family nearby, and um and the. I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I'd say the woman in your life because it's not that way, but that's part of it. It's, it's that, you know, you've got, you've got a whole gaggle of boys that you're raising and the person yeah. who's, the, the person who's supposed to be the most appreciative of that, the person that's supposed to make that all worthwhile for you, as far as I know, is not in your life at all. Is that, is that the case with, with Lauren? Yeah, pretty, so, pretty much, so, pretty much. Yeah. A, she, uh, she dipped out and yeah, it was, uh, pieces because i don't know so it was a whole mess but <laughs> and so it's a, it's a shame man it's a shame because you're in this situation like you said where you're where you're busting your ass and you're trying really hard and you're and you're sacrificing like a man is supposed to and so many people in this day and age don't feel like they have to do the hard thing that they, they, they don't feel like they have to put the work in and it's it's just refreshing to see somebody who takes on those challenges um, voluntarily and carries that heavy load. And the fact that nobody is, nobody's telling you, you know, you're doing a good job and, 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 you know, being grateful. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tragedy, man. It's a, it's an absolute tragedy. So I want you to know I, I'm grateful, man. And those boys are grateful. 
even if yeah, even if they're even if they're becoming teenagers now and it's the last last fucking thing that they're ever going to tell you that they are man oh yeah my my oldest he runs me through the ringer oh my gosh yeah <laughs> not heard the horror stories but yeah it's um i don't know my my younger two they tend to remind me quite often which is which is good well that yeah, is good it's nice to have that reassurance how how old are the boys now they got, they got to be getting te- uh, into the teenage zone, right? Oh, absolutely. My oldest <laughs> is 16. Oh, no. I'm 17. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, then right under him, 14, going on 15. Then 13 and 12. So Fuck. Yeah. All dudes. Testosterone oh, everywhere. Yeah. It's oh, ridiculous. So many dudes. I bet I bet <laughs> I bet all the socks and towels are crusty in your house, man. Every single one of them. Uh, speaking Dude, of that, that's we funny. just had this conversation last night. Friggin', um, we were talking. I was talking about uh, laundry. The point things start becoming crusty. These kids <laughs> laundry, man. Yes, I'm not doing it. Nope. It's funny, man. I, I now. I, I got this memory um, when I was growing up. There was a kid who lived um, down down the street, kind of around the corner from me, and uh, he was like a year Kyle young. Man. No, it wasn't Kyle. <laughs> he was like a year younger than me. And back then, um, I, I had a whole system. I had a whole system of a network of friends that we would borrow clothes from, right? So all mm-hmm. all the poor kids got to have a, a wardrobe three, four times as big as their actual wardrobe because we were fucking trading and, and back and forth with all, you know, all of our friends. And this was one kid who got in on it, who I, I wasn't oh, very... I lost you. If you can hear me, I lost you. Oh, no, I can hear you. Can, can you hear me, Eddie? Oh, hold on. I'm not on mute, am I? Hold on. Technical difficulties. No, you're back again. Okay. Sorry, man. I, I don't know if it was one of our internet going crazy, but... Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Fucking internet. But the point... The, what you were saying, you had a, a wardrobe. Yeah, I had this whole system. There was a, there was a, that that Puerto Rican kid that lived down the street. There was Brandon that lived, that lived uh, on the other side of the neighborhood. Then there was this kid that lived around the corner and I let him borrow this, uh, Hilfiger shirt, three buttons. Uh, it was dope. It was a dope shirt, man. I let him borrow it and he, and he didn't give it back. And it was like, you know, fucking time had come to return that shirt. So I, I went to his house and knocked on the door. I'm like, dude, give me my fucking shirt back. And he was like, oh, I can't find it. No, I'll bring it to you. And I was like, bring, go up there, fucking find it, bring it to me. I was pissed. So he goes up and he finds it and he brings it to me and it's crusty as fuck, man. He didn't, he, he was, he was waiting till his mom washed it. He didn't want to give it back to me because it was fucking crusty with his jism. So that's <laughs> you're telling up. me. You're telling me sometimes that I got to feel bad that I played the action figures till I was 16, 17, but no, 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 no. Chris Mathis is trading clothes with kids in kids in the neighborhood and they're just on each other's shirt I don't feel bad at all man fuck you I had Spider-Man figures you had jizzy clothes from your fucking buddy down the road yeah it did, and did you, the, cool, the cool kids weren't very cool were they Matt did you just say that you stopped playing with action figures when you were like 16, 17 uh, uh, I don't think that's true uh, 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 and, no, and my clothes are jizzy now too it's like a, the curse of both of those man. So, <laughs> so for, hey, whenever you got a jizz grab what's near that's how it goes no, that's right yeah that's right so for those people no, for those people who've forgotten uh, Matt when we had him on the before he talked about uh he talked about taking a hobby of his where he's there. He takes these pictures. He, uh, what did you call it, Matt? You set, you set up the toys in, in, uh, action figures in, in various toys photography, 
toy photography. Pretty, yeah. pretty straightforward. <laughs> Eddie. This is free, sir. This is free. Eddie, you, you ever get into that with Matt? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Hey, yeah, when it inspires me, I, I, I take some shots. Yeah, you need, uh, you need like a... Well, those like phone cameras are getting so sophisticated. You probably they probably have the time lapse and slow motion oh, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Man, you could you could do. Oh, by the way, Matt, that uh, the present I said I sent you for your birthday. Yep, it's it's a toy. It's a toy. It's, uh... it, it caught my eye. Yeah, Amazon Amazon gets me from time to time. That you know they're usually the shittiest recommend. They don't recommend shit for me that I would ever buy. I'm like these algorithm algorithms suck. Algorithm. And then every now and then they just send me a gem, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I, would, I, would expect, yeah, I would expect nothing less. That's, that's what all. that's what happened. Uh, that's what happened. That's why you're getting a present early. Just bought a better, French better press on Amazon. Making some coffee. I find usually those algorithms are good to get me to think about something else I wanted to buy, though. Like, mm. whatever they show me, I'll be like, no, nah, that's not it. But there's <laughs> something connected to this that I do want. Yeah. Let me look for that. Yeah, you're so, probably right about that. I try to stay off Amazon, man. Like, because I, I, I'll, I'll just buy a bunch of shit, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ship it right to my house. They make it so easy. There's so much shit on there. I, I try to keep that app closed. It doesn't even feel yeah, like I'm spending deal. real money. Yeah, it's like a game. I know it's, and there's so many action figures on there. It's so many, <laughs> man. All right, hey, listen. I think we should. Uh, I think we should real briefly run through the history so the audience has some idea how Eddie fits into the two tongues picture. Um, so let me just let me just do that. Uh, okay, so so Eddie so Eddie lived literally right down the street from me, and for several years, I spent every evening at Eddie's house for. Years. Was, was the meeting a product of the movie theater? No. No? No, no, no. It goes back further. Well, uh, not, yeah, I was going to say, not for me and Chris, because we went to school. Okay. Yeah, we went to school together, I think, for a time period. Yeah, we definitely. I remember you on the bus. Yeah, we definitely rode the bus. The limit came. <laughs> <laughs> so, I remember that. Okay, oh, so. Man, I used how to call could you forget? He used to call me what? I remember that. Used to, oh fuck yeah, man! So I I remember <laughs> I remember Eddie on the bus. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk because he he was way cooler than me. So he said he said towards the I back. I wasn't cool. I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, but the like per, it was an air of the coolness. Perception I had exactly exactly this fucking yeah. guy. He's he doesn't talk to you because he's fucking <laughs> too cool. So Eddie, I, this is what I remember about Eddie, man, on the bus. And I told this story before already, but I remember Eddie came to school one day. He had a white T-shirt on and a white bulletproof vest on over top of it. <laughs> and I thought, that's fucking cool, man. This guy's coming to school with a bulletproof vest. Did you get sent home, Eddie? Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Eddie, I knew the legend of the bulletproof vest. I did not know it was yeah. white. I did not. That's Yeah, insane. it was a white bulletproof vest. Um, <laughs> oh, I did not get sent home that day, but uh, the officer on on duty made me take it off because uh, it was startling some people which is understandable yeah it was a bit of a statement that's all but um yeah apparently there's like a, a ballistic plate that goes in the inside and i decided not to wear that he said if i'd have worn that inside it then um I, he'd have had to arrest it oh, Eddie, like, where oh, the fuck nice. did you get a bulletproof vest good question good question <laughs> so um you guys remember my tall, lanky cousin? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So his dad would do ride-alongs, and he had the best for ride-alongs. And my cousin just 
snatched it from his dad one time and I was like, Ooh, I'm gonna wear that to school. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, man, I want to, I want to just say the difference in the culture and the time between when we went to high school and today, can you imagine if you walked into school with a bulletproof vest on today? You're expelled. The school would be on lockdown. Lockdown. That'd be it. It'd be crazy. (sighs) I'd be getting all kinds of messages. Again, I, dis- your I, 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 I think they'd be like, "This motherfucker's smart. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's prepared. Oh, <laughs> he's God. prepared. Hey, I don't want to joke about that. But that's a, a good but sad one. Yeah, yeah, a good but sad one. Yeah, we either have to have all the teachers packing or all the kids wearing bulletproof vests. One or the other. That's how. That's how we're going to keep people safe. Yeah, I don't know anymore. I'm sitting there. I was saying the other day it feel like we're returning to the wild west man yeah freaking rights being overturned everybody's carrying guns like texas wants to separate we're we're returning man it's 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 crazy so i yeah i wasn't i wasn't sure how uh into politics we were going to get in this conversation i could go kyle and i could probably go on a tangent um i'm I'm be perfectly honest. I'm interested in your uh, thoughts on Roe v. Wade. I know you guys are going to get through it at some point. And I don't know if you want to bring that out here. Yeah, but, we, um, we can't. We can. Yeah, but I was curious. Let, let's let, let me let me finish with the with the with Eddie history. We'll and we'll let uh, Matt and Kyle add on with what, whatever they want to add on. But so so the, my that's my earliest memory of Eddie is on the bus, and we didn't we weren't friends. We didn't know, we didn't know each other at the time really, uh, but he knew my brother. I have an older brother, and. Uh, he was, let's call him infamous. He was a little bit infamous in school. So, uh, so yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. So, so Eddie, Eddie knew him. Um, so, so anyway, then, then we start working at the at the movie theater, which we've talked about many times on the and we've all, everyone on this podcast worked at that particular movie theater, and um, and that's when I got to know Eddie better, and he was my manager for a period of time, and then uh, um, uh, Matt. Uh, became friends with Eddie and moved in actually to Eddie's place. Kyle, for a while, you lived with Eddie too, didn't you? No, nope. no, but you were Never just there. You were just there forever, like me. Actually, uh, interesting bit of the the history of Eddie. There was a point where I was not allowed in Eddie's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, for good reason, I understand. Uh, I was when I was younger. I was a bit of a thief. I, I it, you know, more for the thrill of it than anything, uh, and to show off because I, I think that I was pretty good at it. Yeah, uh, I would steal things from like stores and shit like that all the time, and. I I kind of like justified it to myself back then. I was like I would never steal from a like a person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, you know, there was a, a scenario where I was accused of stealing from a person. I was like I wouldn't, I didn't do that. I would not do that. But I definitely, when a person is like I steal all the time, and somebody's <laughs> like this person stole from me, I definitely I can understand believing it. Yeah. But yeah, no, it wasn't so much a belief. It's just like. I only had so many places to look and yeah, between the two people, one had to go. And unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, if the other person wasn't paying rent in the meantime, trust me, they'd have went quickly, Mm. which they didn't last very long after that because they stopped paying rent and I had every reason to keep them out. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, uh, I, uh, what, what makes that more interesting? We're talking about everyone living with Eddie is that Eddie wasn't even an adult 
So that that we have to talk about that. Eddie was living by himself, taking care of himself all by himself late into his teenage years, way before any reasonable person should ever be expected to do that. And so he had friends living there helping him helping to pay the rent and all that. That how old were you, Eddie? Do you, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, how much of this you want to get into, but how old were you when you were when you were in that house without parents expected to, you know, be OK? Oh, no uh, we had a tiny bit of technical difficulty, so I was asking Eddie um, how old he was when he was when he was at that house. We were talking about uh, Matt having lived with him when he was at that house all by himself, expected to be okay. Um, go ahead, Eddie. Sorry. So yeah, it was a uh, nineteen twenty somewhere around that range um, when I was running this gaggle of a house <laughs> with a bunch of freaking teenagers and young 20 year olds trying to trying to do something but um yeah i think when matt moved in i was probably 20 at that point wow and yeah, i was 18 or, i was 18 or 19 so yeah it's it all right it's it's funny man how how different because like i try to imagine just now what that would be like if i had to li- if i had to live in a fucking youth hostel with a bunch of you know 18 19 20 21 year old dudes exclusively dudes by the way that sounds like a fucking nightmare man well i wish i had done it differently now like i'm like the whole setup was fine but i wish i would have been smart and saved my money hell yeah things were so much cheaper like you're splitting everything down what was it probably like four four ways yeah at any given point in the house so yeah I frequently so much money. I frequently think about because I've been working a long time. I started working pretty young. If I would have been better about saving money, man, I would be good right now. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> I just fucking money exactly. burns a hole in my pocket, man. Well, you know what, man? We're hey, if we're gonna bring... go ahead, Matt. Yeah, go on. I was just gonna no, say that, that, that we're not responsible. Much. We're not responsible at that age. So to expect you know a bunch of teenage and tw- early twenty year old oh, dudes to be responsible, I mean, good luck. Hey, if we're going to talk about that house, I'm going to tell a story really fast for the podcast world, which I've told a thousand times. You guys know it very well. Yep. But uh, so Chris, Chris would walk down to the house and they would do their D and D on the weekends. <laughs> uh, I was I was too cool. I was in the back talking to girls and you know playing action figures. But uh, so it's really, 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 really hot this summer. And Chris walks down to the <laughs> to the house to play D and D on a Friday night or a Saturday night. This kid walks in, he opens the door, air conditioner's not on, he says, nope, he turns around, he walks out, he walks home. Yeah, he, man. He, he, didn't, he didn't talk to any of us, he just walked straight home. He <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's not, there's not a single element of company here worth this fucking heat. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I love that story. I love that story. Dude, we constantly had AC issues in that house, man. That, that thing was a hot mess. So, to go back, Chris, you said that living in a house like that, you think that it would be a nightmare, but that's you talking now. Me talking now, that's Back true. then, it was like cool as hell. It was it like was this, cool you know, as hell. It was cool as hell, man. Yeah. So first of all, it was like, it was like, it was, it was, go ahead, man. No, no, I just put out, it was freedom, man. It was awesome. Freedom, all, yes, man. It, and it was, it was, so this is the thing, guys. So I, I lived at home for a long time. I was going to school and I was basically married, you know, I, when I was that age, I, I was, I, it was a, a very unusual situation, but I could go five minute walk down the street and go to Eddie's house. And it was just like, you know, 
there were no rules and we were adults there and it was fucking cool man yeah it was cool eddie so i do appreciate you giving us that little that little uh, oasis man uh, and there was one rule at least one okay don't well, touch anything in the refrigerator that you didn't bring in the that's house. right that's right yes <laughs> everybody had their own thing of course, we had one person who would always just go and grab whatever they wanted. And, <laughs> don't touch our vanilla Coke, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, it, it, so it was interesting, man. So, so after, after high school, uh, having that place, uh, right, you know, right down the road, and Eddie was, um, I don't know how, like, happy he was about having a house full of people, especially those who didn't live there, but you were totally gracious about it, and... Uh, um, I'm where, where, and, where, and where to go from here. So, <clears throat> so I want to say that that uh, well, Eddie, Eddie Eddie had only one parent, and um, when we were there at your house, there was a time when your brother and sister would would come and visit. There was a, a short period where your brother was basically living there, and I saw Eddie become a father. You know, to the father role to his to his brother and i saw that man i knew that you i knew that you didn't know what you were doing man i knew that i knew that you were uh doing what you had to do and trying to make make your brother grow up and make him be a man but watching you do that when when you didn't have to watching you watching you do that when you when you didn't have that role model of of a father to do um that was one of the things that I first noticed about about Eddie that that you that you took that you took the responsibility on yourself to do that and and I know that the whole the audience listening is like what the hell is this guy talking about but what happened was Eddie's brother bought a shitload of pay-per-view porn and when you're a teenager <laughs> and back back in those days first of all that's an expensive habit that's an expensive mistake to make and and something had to be done you know so so I saw Eddie uh step into that prematurely step into that position like a father to a teenager you know and he was basically a teenager himself um so that was that was the first thing man um what else what else um yeah i, was gonna say, I, I remember that day um <laughs> it, 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 yeah yeah uh disciplining is hard i still don't like disciplining you can ask my kids man it's it's, it's rough it's hard it is rough but it's necessary man it is. It is. People have to know that there's limits, man. Absolutely, especially and, boys. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I know quite. There's quite a few times in my life where I'm like, "Oh, I can get through this. I'll be fine." And then you get on the other and you're like, "What was I thinking?" Oh yeah, but, dude. In a world now where porn is for free and easily accessible on your phone anytime you want it to be, it's crazy. I mean. Pay-per-view porn is a terrible idea if you've got, like, young boys in the house because, of course, they're going to do it, you of know? Of course, yeah. And it, it was fucking oh, expensive. Yeah, you definitely very run, much so. Definitely run up a bill that way. So, yeah, man, absolutely. Um, okay, and then... And then what? And then what unfolds... What unfolds in front of my eyes with, with, with Eddie from that point on is t- taking responsibility for... Um, for for kids, man. So you had for a while you had a girl that we that we worked with who had a little baby living in your house. Do you remember that shit? Yeah, I remember. I want to say I remember her name too, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, her name. I, I remember. 
I, we're going over the story. We're not putting names out there. I get that. But that girl was my cousin. Don't forget. No, no, no. I'm talking about a different no, one. No, no. Not that person. Yeah. What, um, what girl? Tiffany. So she worked at the theater. Yeah. Yeah. First names are fine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 you know, early. It, you know, and I don't know if that's a dumb move or a ballsy move or just an honorable move. Maybe all three, probably all three. But for a while, Eddie had a, a girl with a fucking newborn baby living in his house and just like taking responsibility for, for, I mean, that's not an easy fuck. That's not an easy thing to do. Babies, you know, especially at that age, babies are needy. They're crying, you know. Um, anyway, I, so I noticed that. And then, uh, and I, I, go ahead. And then I thought, like, and this wasn't somebody I was dating. So, like, I think it would make more sense if I was dating this person. But, yeah, I just I <laughs> saw somebody in need and figured I'd help them out. But, yeah. Craziness. You, you, you might be a bigger, you might be a bigger white knight than me, man. Do, do you feel it? Do you feel yourself like, like that, like a white knight? Like you, you have this obligation to, to help people. Like, do you, do you feel like that pull? I do. Well, I should say I did. Not so much now. I think I've become a little more greedy as I've gotten older. Just because it's like I feel like I give so much of myself that I have nothing left for myself. Yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, definitely. Then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, and and then and then somebody breaks into your house and shoots you. So we we have that story, uh, which we which yeah. we which we briefly talked about before. But fuck, man. Fuck. Where, where was yeah, the bulletproof was... vest? Where was the bulletproof vest then, man? Sadly, I did not have it. Let me, I was too let busy me ask you Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> What were you going to say, Matt? I was just explaining to Eddie last night, we were watching a bad movie, and how that, that came up, and how, for me, it's hard to bring up that experience, right? Yep. It's just, it's just a hard thing to tackle. It's hard thing to talk up, and Chris Matthews says, Blurts it out. Yeah. There's that time you fucking got shot, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, it's honestly not that big a deal to talk about. It's not like... You say that is good, but yet, to me, man, it's just... Fucking, I mean, in the sense, like it's not gonna, it's not gonna trigger me. I hate right, that. right. But yeah, it's not gonna trigger me. It's just, it's just something that happened, and that's life, man. It's tattooed on me. It is what it is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to talk about it sometimes because you know it's just fuck, man. Yeah, and that happened. That happened, man. Scary as shit. Just to give it's crazy. To, like, to give context I, to the people who don't know, it was a robbery situation, right? Yeah, there you go. So the thought the thought was, or at least this is what the detective said from what they gathered, because there were so many people in and out of my house, it was assumed that my house was a drug house. Mm. Even though we were all just a gang of teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But because there were so many people in and out and the house wasn't really upkept or anything like that, it was assumed it was a drug house. So the thought was that that's what they came looking for, which I know they came looking for cash, but not to mention the person I was dating at the time was also a stripper. So, mm. oh, yeah, they didn't cash. I remember <laughs> that it. night there was no dude. I that you just I literally forgot about that until you just brought that up. Um, yeah, oh, wait, you dated more than one stripper. Did you date more than I one stripper? Did. 
Good God, Eddie. Eddie stays dating strippers. Man. <laughs> Eddie is old school with the strippers. <laughs> uh, oh, interesting. Um, it, it was a problem. It was a problem. Yeah. Well, and so and then, long story short, um, then Eddie Eddie ends up fast fast forward to today, raising a whole family of boys all by himself and. And that, it, to me, is the cherry on top of, you know, fuck surviving a gun wound, fuck the white knight, fuck all that. This guy, this guy is, listen, man, I've got two young girls. It's a hard job. I cannot imagine doing what you do, man. And the fact that you didn't grow up, the fact that you didn't grow up with a, like a solid father role model makes it that much more impressive, man. I, I just, I don't know, man, I just want to say it to you. I just want to say it to you. Thank you. Um, I don't know. When it comes to that whole situation, I just, I, I've always been the kind of person, if somebody's not going to do something, I'm going to pick up the ball and run with it and do it myself. And I mean, I guess it's, it's easier to do when a portion of the kids that you're taking care of are your blood. Right. And kids are kids, man. There's got to be somebody there. Um, yeah. That's a beautiful thing, man. Do you, do you, man, do you feel like that you feel that way because you, you got robbed of that? Um, I don't know. That's probably a good, um, summation of it. I would think. Cause some, that, some, some, and cause even the parent that was there really wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, they were dealing with their own demons and addictions and like, she kept a roof over my head, but as I was saying to Matt last night, like she really never knew me or my interests or anything like that. So, mm. yeah, it was, um, I don't know, it maybe just pushed me in a way of I don't want to leave a kid high and dry that is my own. Like, and oh, absolutely. Despite, despite the biological makeup of a couple of the kids, they're still mine. Like, I've been there since the beginning, and I'll continue to be there. Um, and, and the amazing part about that is that it's rare. It's rare. People don't feel that way. P- people like to shirk responsibility, and maybe this maybe this can bring us into that Roe versus Wade conversation. P- people want to shirk responsibility, and and they want to avoid doing hard things. And well, having an abortion is an easier thing than raising a kid. And I think that's a part of a a deeper problem in the in the in the culture, you know, it's, we can solve that problem easily. Um, so if there's an easy solution, let's just all, let's all, let's all do that. And I don't think the easy solution is, is always the best thing, man. And I think it's, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm, I'm all ears. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not always, it's not always the best thing. Um, but I think in more cases than not, it may be the thing that needs to be done. Um, I, I don't like the idea of extinguishing a life, but it's, some people just aren't ready. And I would say <clears throat> the mother of my children, prime example, she wasn't ready. Luckily I was there and I guess I was, I was ready. Well, I wasn't ready, but I was willing. You were willing to be ready. That. Yeah. 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 I was willing. Um, but yeah, not not everybody is that case, and you could have two parents who just don't have any clue as to 
where to go the right direction and then you just end up creating more of that and eventually you hope that like there's a a gem that comes out of that but yeah it's it's rough man it's it's rough taking on parenthood at a young age i recommend everybody or not recommend yeah i guess say recommend but anybody i know that's in their early 20s or anything like that and they're talking about wanting to have a kid i'm like whoa no slow down like get your life together yeah trust me the kids will still be there yeah. wait till you're like on the verge of 30 or something and you've got things figured out because yeah early 20s with the kid is not easy no it's not easy so there's so- a lot you give up on and uh you come to find yourself chasing it later on in your years, like I am now. Freaking, yeah. it's um, yeah. There's a lot I feel I missed out on, like warp tours and stuff with you guys. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, that would have been awesome to have, to have you there. Oh, <clears throat> uh, dude, I, in my days now, all the concerts I'm going to, I wish I was there. Mm. Like oh, I missed out on so much, so much. I uh, I don't know, I I. Uh, like on a lot of issues, I get to like swoop in and be the uh, like the arch villain. Um, I don't. I I feel like th- our culture builds these things, like going to concerts and and other experiences up as more valuable uh, than having a family. And I don't think that you should have a family until you are ready and prepared for it but i think that we also encourage people to push being ready for it back later and i just i'm not 100 sure that i think that that's a good idea um and i i just think that i don't know i think that having a family is a valuable thing uh and it's more valuable than the temporary joy of going to a concert you know what i mean i didn't feel that way when i was younger uh, but that's kind of, I didn't feel that way because like as a society, that's what we've been told, you know, like, Oh, so, you know, so what do you think about the idea of becoming resentful as a parent because of, because you missed out on whatever, you know, like whatever it is that was important to you that you're, that you're reflecting on, you know, in hindsight, like, look, I'm, you know, 36 years old, you know, I got these kids, I missed out on all this, on all this stuff I could have done when I, while I was younger if you get bitter about that and start taking it out on your kids, obviously that seems pretty terrible. Um, I think that up until the last, I don't know, 50 years that peep, that wasn't, that wasn't that much of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I would say, um, I can say for me personally, I can't say for anybody else, but um, it's not resentment in the fact that like I missed out on stuff. The what I mostly get upset about is that I feel I could have been better prepared, like for a kid, mm, instead yeah. of financially struggling and tripping over this and that and the other. Like, yeah, I could have I could have been better prepared. It's not necessarily missing out on anything because trust me, like as my kids have gotten older, which which is kind of cool in this respect, because I'm still in an age where I'm interested in this stuff. I can now share those interests with them. Yeah, that's so awesome. like. I'm taking one kid to his first punk concert. I'm taking this kid to another concert. It's, yeah, it's, I get to share those experiences with them, which I guess in a sense they get to see a bit more of me. It's like it hasn't been beat out of me yet. So, yeah. Um, 
No, that's- yeah, it's just it's so it's just yeah, just the idea. I feel like I could have done more for them mm. at an earlier age, and instead of here in the later ages, just now getting to a point where I feel like I can do so. So that's a good point that he just brings up that latter point that you bring up. It's like I didn't get to know my parents as people until I was like deep into my adulthood, and if if you have kids younger and you and you're able to go out and do things that you would only that would only appeal to you while you're younger like take your kid to a raucous concert let's say and then and then Eddie's kids get to see him in this playful way in this more um you know they get to know him like like a peer in a certain way while he's still young enough to 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 do that and to exude you know that type of uh, enthusiasm that the kids are going to are going to see and 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 emulate uh, where my my dad couldn't do that because he was much older, um, so I don't know, man. There, there's something to that. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it is interesting to get to know your parents as people because you you look at your parents as something different when you're growing up. They're they're like a whole different species. A parent is a whole different thing. It's like a symbol. It's not even they're not real people. You know, they're uh, symbols of authority and symbols of comfort and whatever parents do. They're not people. Um, you know, you don't even call them, you don't even call them by their names. You call them by a title, mom and dad. They're not people. And then when you, when you become an adult and you start to, uh, you start to get to know them as people, it's an interesting thing. You know, I mean, you're, you're looking at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about, Kyle. I mean, I do. I, I just don't, what is the what is the hang up between having them early and having them later and getting to know them as people? I, I don't know. I, I guess I guess that's what I'm asking too. Is you know you might have an opportunity if you have kids early to let them get to know you to to let them get to know you as I don't know how to put it. Help me out, Eddie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um. I don't know. I, I get I get what you're saying. I guess to an extent, it makes me think of uh, how I wish I had conversations with. I guess you could say the old people in my life, right? Um, to yeah, know them as they are or were, because yeah, you just kind of attach that that authoritarian figure to them. Um, I don't know. It's like. Like I think about myself in in particular, like I didn't really hang out with my mom, but my kids are getting a chance to hang out with me. And maybe if I were older when I had them, I wouldn't still have these interests to go out and do these things that I do with my kids. Mm. Um, it would yeah, be it would, it would be different. It would be different. So that that sounds it like an, that sounds like an argument for having kids when you when you were younger. Well, it kind it, of it, it does it does um it but it's hmm. from the financial standpoint is where i tell people yeah, yeah have kids when you're older yes yeah, have I, your life together essentially. i just don't think that well okay so first of all we the situation in america is just totally fucked um the fact that you have to have both parents working like it's not even an option for most people both parents have to be working to make things work financially which is totally fucked yeah um and a lot of the time when you are young there aren't 
jobs that are going to allow you to even even if you have two people who are working, you're still going to be struggling. So that makes that that's an impediment to it. Um, but I'm just talking about on in terms of what is best for a family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that having these financial having financial security is obviously good to a point, but I think that people kind of overshoot the mark on that it's like you don't have to be able to like you know go on a vacation to europe and i know that's not what you're insinuating eddie but i think people still like they overshoot the mark you have uh, most people have enough you know the important thing is not being able to buy your kids new clothes and you know uh, buy them a, a new car as soon as they're 16 and shit like that the important thing is and, you know, as we've been singing your praises, uh, this podcast, the important part is being there for them. Fuck yeah. You know, you said you said family unit a minute ago. What's best for the family unit? And this is something I think is worth bringing up. <clears throat> it's like this. We have this nuclear family, right? That's what we're supposed to be. Um, husband, wife, kids, dog. That's what we're supposed to be. And... Uh, it seems to me like that's been the case since the 40s. But prior to that, we lived in tribes. You know, we lived in big family units or we lived in tribes. And if you were young and you had a kid, and it wasn't just Eddie by himself trying to take care of a kid. If it was aunts, uncles, moms, dads, cousins, you know, the whole the, the whole family's right there will, willing to chip in, willing to buy, you know, chip in to buy the car, willing to willing to, you know, all that stuff. If we had that in place, it wouldn't be so bad to have kids early. It might be better. Yeah. I think that that is, uh, you know, we are big cat, big fans of capitalism over here, but I have my criticisms with capitalism. And I think that that is one of them is that you need to have your own house. You need to move out. Uh, you know, you can't be living with your extended family. That's not good. You need to have your own house, your own car. Um, I think that that's a product of capitalism. It's selling this like, Ideal, this dream that you need to strive to attain this. This mm. is what you need. And I'm with you. I think that having that extended family close is very beneficial um, in terms of, well, in terms of lots of things. What do you guys think? Oh, and, uh, I definitely agree. If the, the family can come together and work together, uh, I don't know. The, like when I think of the nuclear family and the way you just described it, I think of, the family treating itself as a business like we invest in ourselves mm. um and yeah i just personally my family they most of all want nothing to do with each other so it's hard to do yeah but uh but in that sense though it's like you almost build your own community i mean Matt helped me out of so many jams man like yeah that's that's family to me like love you man i've got there's quite a few people I would say on the list. Well, not quite a few. There's a handful of people on the list that I see more as family than my biological family. Um, just for the reason you've stated, like one helping the other, helping the other to achieve a set goal. But I would imagine that that's what you want for your sons. You know, you don't want them to grow older, uh, become adults and then abandon each other and like not be helping each other. Um, Oh, absolutely. Um, I constantly remind them, like, your brother is who you got. Like, you should be looking out for this person 
Like if you guys are all hanging out there and one of you has your group of friends there, don't you all gang up on your brother? Cause that's your brother. Like that just, that makes no sense. So yeah, I try and instill in them that they need to all kind of look out for each other um, and be more than what my family has been. So yeah, I absolutely want that for them. Yeah. Um, so to go back to when we were talking, we, we kind of like, glossed over the Roe versus Wade thing. Uh, but when you were talking about, you know, the woman that you were with uh, and the mother of these kids, you said that she wasn't ready um, and that in that scenario, maybe it's good for people to have an abortion. Um, but if she had abortions, you wouldn't have these kids that you love. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, um, Listen, man. I, I, I think I, it's fair to say, though, like I would have still had kids at some point, I think. I mean, who's to know? But not you, these ones. I mean, these kids that yeah, you love and that you have relationships with, they they could have just been snuffed out. <laughs> like all of us started out as these things that are being snuffed out. Since they passed Roe versus Wade, 63 million babies have been aborted. That's insane. Yeah. That's like the Holocaust times 10. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I just think, I, again, like I, I swoop in and I'm the arch, the, the arch right wing villain, <laughs> but I am all for it, man. I think that Roe versus Wade being overturned and returning it to the States to decide is honestly, maybe one of the best things that has happened in this country since, the founding of this country, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But do, do you think about the idea of us possibly becoming overpopulated, though? I don't think that overpopulation is an issue. I really don't. I think that if you look into it, uh, I, so I honestly don't believe in scarcity. I think that scarcity is a manufactured thing. I think that the earth is bountiful and plentiful and it's got more than enough to take care of way more of the people than we have. And I think that the idea that we are overpopulized, um, you know, I'm getting a little conspiratorial here, but I think that that's an idea pushed by elites because well, it, they need to manage the population to not get overthrown. I mean, you know, things are, things are going to start to get hairy if they're that outnumbered. I, I just saw a tweet from Elon Musk not long ago where he was talking about this and John Stossel's talked about this also. I love John Stossel. They said that it's basically real simple. It's if you if there's two people, a man and a woman, and you get together and have a kid, you have to have two kids to replace the parents. That's that's the replacement rate. You have to have enough kids to replace the parents because they're going to die. The average number of kids born per couple in the United States is below two. So that means that we're having fewer kids than we need to replace the people we have. If we continue to do that we're not going to have enough people to uh, to do what to keep shit running. If we keep if we let that happen for long enough, we're not going to have enough people to to continue to do what we're doing. That doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It would it means a change of of some of some kind socially. You know, I think that it does mean the end of the world as we know it. If we let it continue. Uh, without doing anything about it, I legitimately do believe that it's the end of the world. As first, we, we get the robots. <laughs> first, we get the robots to do all the work for us. Then we stop having having kids. All right. <clears throat> so essentially, 
in getting rid of Roe v. Wade or overturning, we're setting up another baby boomer generation. We we might is that, is that the idea? Well, we we might. Like people I mean, start having more kids because people aren't going to stop having sex. No, that's not going to stop. No, so but people aren't going to stop having abortions. You know, if if it's if it's sadly if it's illegal in Kentucky and you're a you're a you know redneck slut with a baby in you, you're just going to go right over to Tennessee Jesus. and you're going to and you're going to get your abortion. You're going to come up to you're going to come up to the great state of Ohio and you're going to get your abortion. You know, it's going to be more difficult. <laughs> She's more she's not a slut because she has a baby. She's not a, she's not a slut because she has a baby in her. The guy is a slut for putting the baby in her too. Chris Matthews. No, I, I didn't. I didn't say. I wasn't saying that at all. I was just making a joke about a about a woman with a baby in her having having had to have sex first. Let's not pretend like <laughs> sluts don't get pregnant, though. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I understand. Uh, look, I I just got done saying that I think we should be having babies, get pregnant, have babies, have families. Sluts, man. That being said. Let's not pretend like there aren't. And and to your point, Matt, I agree with you. I think that guys who sleep around at, at this point, you know, when I was younger, because I wasn't able to sleep around like that, I was like, man, I wish. But <laughs> um, at this point, uh, ha- having a little bit more maturity, I think that it's pretty repulsive. And I, I, I view men who sleep around like that with just as much um, disdain as I do women. Uh, I think that one thing about Roe v. Wade getting overturned is I think that for a lot of people now, it's like, oh, shit, I need to be more responsible. I need to make better choices. And I think that's good. I don't think having this uh, this ace up your sleeve where if you make a stupid decision, you just get to kill a baby. Um, I don't think that's good. Uh, and I think that the overturning of Roe v. Wade is going to force people to take control of their their circumstances a little mm. bit more uh and i i think that's good that that's like good playing into that doing the hard thing is not always fun or easy you know but yeah. it's it's the right thing for yeah. a reason yeah so let me ask you this question maybe i'll direct this one to matt uh because matt matt seems to be uh, <laughs> uh jumping onto the defense here matthew how do you feel about this if if, if if a, if a man and a woman have sex and get pregnant, the woman gets to decide whether that baby lives or dies exclusively. What do you think about that? The idea that the man is not given any rights under the law or under public opinion that he, that he has a say. What do you think of that? Because you put that baby in there. It's not your fucking say anymore. It's not your body, man. You have two daughters, man. The fact that right now this government is going to regulate my daughter's body makes me angry, man. It's her decision. It's not our decision. No, yeah, no, it, no decision it, it's it is her decision. It is her decision. Not anymore. It's not. It sure is. It absolutely is. Nothing's changed. It's still her decision. Okay. Uh, abortion is not. It's not been made illegal. They they just said it's up to the states. That's all they said, and it's still her decision. She gets to decide if she has sex. She gets to to decide if she does it safely. And if she doesn't, and she wants to get an abortion, she can decide to go and get one. It's just going to be more difficult if it, it's illegal in her state. And but that's not the point. That's not the point. The point I'm making is if my if my wife got pregnant, and I said. I'm excited. I, I, I want another child. And she goes and gets rid of it without my um, approval. I am fucking, I cannot tell you how, how upset that would make me. That would be such a. a well, you're allowed, you're, you're allowed to be. 
they'd be upset. But at the end of the day, it's not in your body, man. It's not your fucking body. But it's not. Her, but it, it's not her body either. It's another. It's see. This is this is the conservative side of the argument. It's another life, and, and what you're saying not is not yet. Not yet. Oh, that After how many weeks? Is. How so? I, I I think that it is at conception. I'm. Uh, that's where I am. As soon <laughs> as soon as that that sperm fertilizes the egg, there's a separate code of DNA. That is another person. It's not your DNA code. It's not her DNA code. It's another DNA code. That is another person. Well, it will become a person if nothing no, is done. And so, I don't know, man. I I think that th- this her body, her choice thing. It, it it is the most sexist shit I've ever heard in my life. That the fact that that a, a woman can't have a child on her own. She needs a, she needs a man also. It's Ooh. it's equally their responsibility. The fact that we pretend in this culture that only one side gets gets all of the rights and responsibilities is nonsense. And people say that she has to carry it and she has to suffer the, the, the birth and she has to be on the hook for the next 18 years and all that stuff. But you know what? A man uh, who's doing his responsibility has to be beside her for 18 years, has to be beside her holding her hand through the terrible birth, has to be, you know, waking up sleepless nights and helping her out. It's, it's, a, it's a responsibility on both sides and we pretend like it's not. And that drives me fucking nuts so here's here's thought do we think maybe that this overturning of roe v wade may open the door for something else to be introduced such as go ahead eddie okay so such as like we were talking about um how the male really has no say the female can just go and have this done so what if a law or whatever gets written to where now the man is does have a say in all this so Mm. the female just can't go and get the abortion done on her own like here's my money take my baby and now the male has to be present Mm. to have that done um i personally would be behind that because i've always been of the mind like I don't like the idea of having an abortion, but it's ultimately the female's body. She's the one that has to carry it. She's the one that has to deliver it. I'm going to do what I have to do. That's my part. But it is ultimately she's going through all the changes. Yeah. But um, yeah, so if something could be written to where now both parties involved have to be in agreement for this to get done, I could get behind that. So I have two things come to my mind. One thing says if they made it, if they made it where the man had to be there, what when the decision was made, that doesn't sound too bad. But I can imagine a situation where um, a, a man might f- impose his will and change the mind of somebody who, and you know, this is probably a sexist thing to even to even say, but it's like men t- tend to have more of a dominant personality and women tend to be more submissive, especially when they're young. So if you have a man who says we're getting this abortion or, Oh, we're not getting this abortion. It, is that person going to be able to put pressure on the woman to just comply? And uh, you know what I mean? Like, do they have to agree on it or I don't know, man. What do you think? Kyle? Yeah. And- no, you go Eddie. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I don't. Yeah. I don't know either like how do you i feel like someone smarter than me would come up with a way as to how like you figure out this this agreement between these two people but 
Yeah, it, it, um, it hasn't been always kind of, well, not always, but it's, I know early one of the, the fights in abortion that it, it was the man, uh, like, making that decision for the woman, right. like kind of coercing the woman into getting the abortion because it was the man that didn't want the baby and stuff like that. Like, I know that's been, been an argument. Right. Um, so even if they did, I would say, introduce something as a law, I don't think that would necessarily change. Like, you're still going to have that because they're going to have the two people coming to the situation, they're going to have their discourse before they even get to that, to sitting in the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. So whatever they figure is what they figure, but now it would just be a situation where the man actually has to be there. So say you do have a case where this woman got pregnant yep, and she hasn't even told anybody and she decides to go get this abortion. Mm, well, right. now she can't because the guy has to be there. Right, right. Maybe he just has to sign off, you know? <laughs> you, yeah. you know, and if he, and if he doesn't, maybe there's like a maybe there's like an escalated process to go through the courts or something. Like if he won't sign off, you can still go and appeal to the judge and make an argument. And it's just ugh, the bureaucracy, man. And then you have to worry about yeah. like what what happens if the woman is sleeping with lots of guys? Then you gotta then you have to do a DNA test in vitro just to figure out what guy gets to, has to sign off on the on the abortion. You know? Yeah. And. <sighs> A way to spend more money that's for sure yeah absolutely capitalism at its best mm. i i mean i i definitely i think that there's some form of what you guys are talking about would happen you know um but so passing this law like i said it's going to force people to start taking control of their circumstances, like I said before. And I think that the answer to what we're talking about is to form strong bonds with people before you get pregnant by them. Um, you know, uh, and I think that that is, that is the best way to do it. I, and I don't know how you legislate, uh, that other than what they've done is you make it harder for people to get abortions and, you know, culturally that for, you know, that, that causes a shift culturally where this, you know, free love hooking up culture is not, you know, there's pressure on us to not do that anymore because that is what has led us to this. I mean, the, the fact that, like I said, over the, the 50 years since Roe was passed, 63 million abortions have been taken place. None of that would have happened without, the the free love movement which is um you know yeah well you know this is a well i my thought is like you can't you can't legislate responsibility that's true like either people are going to be responsible or they're not and unfortunately i think we're going to see a lot of people not being responsible responsible for their act for a while to have more yeah, you're you're gonna have grandparents taking care of kids and stuff like that. Um, but I don't think it's something that'll run rampant. It's like our minds immediately want to go to the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think the overturning of it is is like the end of the world or anything. Mm-hmm. But do do I think someone else has right in a sense to tell someone else what they can and cannot do with their body mm. like that's 
Yeah. That's iffy. Like, I, do I don't, I don't think they should be allowed to do that. Do you have the right to tell me that I can't kill Chris right now? I, I could recommend that. <laughs> but like, if I, if I kill Chris right now, do you have a problem with me being, you know, there being consequences for that? Do I have a problem with there being consequences? Absolutely not. Like, yeah. I, I just, consequences. you're snuffing a life. That's my point. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people yeah. don't necessarily agree with me, but I don't really see, I don't think there's a good argument against my point. I think that um, people tell themselves that they're not snuffing out a life because it's convenient for them. It makes them feel less bad about the terrible thing that they're doing because they made a choice to be irresponsible. And I think that like the language that I'm using is inflammatory for a lot of people. It's like, oh, I wasn't irresponsible. I was just doing, you know, what young people do. It's like, yeah, because we've, set up this cultural petri dish dish where we encourage that i mean we, you know you've got all these this recourse to not be responsible to not make smart informed decisions uh we just tell kids oh you're young you know you know, don't worry about it now you can always get an abortion um and i just think that that Setting those social conditions has brought us to the point where people are fucking freaking out about this being turned over do we know? Do we know if the Plan B pills are they part of this? Are they um, also? I want to say contraception was something that I heard was a part of all this, but to what extent I don't know. So um, it's not actually birth control was included in there somewhere. So it's not actually a part of this, uh, but Clarence Thomas, who is like the most conservative judge on the Supreme Court. He wrote some things in his comments that are like, I, okay, so basically Roe versus Wade got, you know, that, that, that precedent was sent by obviously a liberal Supreme Court and they, uh, I forget what the word is, but basically, okay, so if you read the Constitution, there's nothing about abortion in the Constitution. Right. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. So they basically just you know, made this shit up and, and it was like, gave it the rubber stamp of this is part of the constitution. And Clarence Thomas is saying that there is more than just Roe versus Wade, more than abortion. There's a lot of stuff that we've done that with. And he is saying, I think that maybe we should look at that stuff too. Some of that stuff is (coughs) contraception, gay marriage, things like that. I, I struggle to understand why the government has any role in medicine whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't a person go to a private doctor and get any fucking thing to themselves done that they want? Why is the government involved? Why is insurance involved? Why is there, why is there, you know, red tape and bureaucracy? Why, well, I why, understand why insurance is involved. But because if a person goes to a doctor what I mean, and they say, what I mean, you fucked me up. What I mean it, well, what I mean is why is the government involved with with insurance. how we're paying okay. for our medical sure. services. It, you know, why does the Supreme Court have to be involved in this at all? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Um, just that's the system we live in. So they are. That's like that's the best answer. That's like literally the only answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this is the system we live under. So they are involved. That that is that's basically what it boils down to. Whether you think it should be or not, you know, that's another story. Well, Eddie, we're coming right up on ten forty-five. You got you got last remarks for us. Um, 
uh, like ultimately this has been fun man like yeah. yeah i miss discoursing with you guys i hear your guys' voices listening to the podcast but um yeah it's been a while since we've actually had a chance to talk and i'm i'm glad we at least had that yeah so man this, this was fun Come back on, man. Absolutely. Hey, Eddie, before we before I cut you off, I have to ask you, you said one thing to me um, that listening to the podcast, which, by the way, I'm very grateful that I have uh, mm-hmm. anybody I knew growing up. It's like we have plenty of listeners who don't who don't have any idea who we are, but very few that like even my my wife, like she doesn't ever listen. She doesn't keep with zero shits. So <laughs> to, to, to have people that I know uh, that want to listen to the podcast and it just it just it just means something to me so i wanted to tell you that um you said something to me that that listening to the way we talk about religion has made you think about things differently uh it's sort of like made you think about god differently um i just wondered yeah. is there anything in particular that comes to mind that maybe we can end on that because i'm just curious um so this is probably like a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Sorry, man. But um, no, it's cool because I honestly, I think I probably want it fleshed out a little bit more in what I'm interpreting and whether or not it's that way. That'd be but fun, yeah. Essentially, what I took from the way you guys have talked about religion and God is that, okay, I don't have to look at God as this, this, this being that is just, something over top of me that created all these things mm, instead yeah. it's more of an internalization yes and in that i i myself am god and am therefore responsible for everything around me so if i'm responsible for my happiness i'm responsible for my whether or not i'm sad i'm responsible for what is immediately around me and yeah. that is like that is that's my world yes so yeah, that it's kind of the way I've interpreted it. I've tried to explain that to other people, and they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you say but, you're God, people tend to think that you're crazy. <laughs> exactly. It's like I'm not. I'm not saying because I'm God. Oh, you must do this. This is yeah. Like, Worship me. Um. Yeah, exactly. This isn't a what was that back in the day? A ziggurat? We're we're not we're not living in that. Nah, yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, I don't know. Religion is definitely something I would like to to have talks about. Dude, I would fucking love nothing better, man. <laughs> nothing better. So we're, we'll have to do that the next time. At least uh, we can do it maybe for part of the uh, episode without uh, boring boring everybody else to tears. But that that sounds awesome, it, you know. And I think we can we can tie this we can tie this together by saying if we're there are two topics here. If we're God and abortion, right? So if we're God. If we're, if we're God in the in the in the abortion <laughs> yeah. in the abortion Sorry, context, no. we're playing God. You know, we. I, just, I don't know. I don't know because I think we, what you said makes the makes the the most important point. If we acknowledge the power that we have as human beings, we have to also acknowledge the responsibility. So we can't. If we're going to play God, we have to do it responsibly. Right? It's that Spider Man thing. What's that? What do you say in that movie? <laughs> with, with great, great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> nice. Hey, Eddie, hang, hang, with, hang with us through the music, man. We're going to end on that. We're done? Yes, sir. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know. 
It's not easy work, thinking. It's hard and full of uncertainties, but I'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together. Here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze. See what I did there? Let's find out together in the next episode.